is you have to sit there and reflect and think, okay, where's the stomach from? So which dragon? Um, like, why is the dragon there? And a big part of the the why is understanding if it's real or if it's fake. And nine times out of ten, I'd even go as far as saying 99 times out of 100, the dragon is very, very fake. God, if someone walked in on me <laughs> talking, they'd be like, what is this woman smoking? Um, but nine... nine- Hey, 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 welcome back to Just Doing Life with your favorite host, Megan. Um, What's up, everybody? I am a little bit delayed in getting this episode out, Um, but I'm really, really, really trying this year to be more consistent with putting episodes out once a week. It's just... I hate to be a complainer. I That's a lie. I, I love to complain. Um, but I hate to complain to you guys. I have been having such a hard time finding people for these episodes. And it's not even finding the people. It's people following through or like answering my messages. For instance, Seth. Seth, I found on TikTok, seems like such a cool guy. He operates the inside of a dino machine. Dino? <laughs> a dinosaur machine. Don't I don't know anything other than that. That's all I know is that he sits in one of these like dino things and and operates it okay and i want to know more i've commented on his on his tiktoks he's liked the messages i've messaged him he has not opened the messages so i can't i comment again he responds but no for some reason we just can't seem to connect all the way that being said that was just a small rant and it's nothing against dino man seth it's just like a bunch of stuff like that keeps happening so if anyone knows anyone really cool that you guys think would be like interesting to put on the podcast please send them my way tell them she's a lovely lady she'll probably freak you out only two or three times she might ask a little bit too personal questions but you know what that's okay just please send them my way anyways um yeah so (laughs) a part of me trying to get these episodes out unfortunately i don't have anyone for you today i really 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 encourage you guys to check out amelia's episode from last week she has such a cool story, a cheesemonger. She's all about the cheese. I answer all of your questions that people sent um, via Instagram. She tells me all about like the art of artisan cheeses and all the cool backstories of all of these cheeses that she gets and is able to provide all your mouths with. <laughs> um, so yeah, so go check out last week's episode if you don't want to listen to my voice. But if you're here to stick around... Um, I figured I would just go and read another little short story or article that I found online that I think a lot of people can resonate with. Um, I did this couple months. I don't know. I don't remember the last time I did this, but I feel like people like to hear, I don't know, some nice uplifting messages. Um, As always, you guys know I struggle with focusing too much on the future and not being able to... Um, live in the present, as I think a lot of us do. Just going to read you through this article that can hopefully provide a little bit of inspiration. Also, the Google search that I did to find this article was how to turn your desperation for the future into an appreciation for the present, which I thought was kind of poetic. Who am I? I'm not a writer, but I don't know. Um, Maybe I should be. Okay, so the article I found is called Desperation Creates Separation. Now, this is focused on really, like, relationships. Um, that's what it says. But I think it's, like, applicable to just a lot of things in life. So I hope you guys enjoy. And maybe it makes you happy. Okay. Here we go. 
Desperation creates separation. Whenever we really, really, really need something specific to happen, it actually makes it less likely to happen. When we feel like we can't live without something or our life will be terrible without it, it creates a sense of fear that only attracts more fear rather than attracting what we want. For example, if we really, really, really want a new job and feel like we need it, this lowers our frequency and makes it less likely that we will get the new job. We get too focused on what our ego thinks are important factors in looking for jobs rather than taking intuitively aligned action on looking for a new job. We bring the fear into the resume writing, the job searching, the phone interview, the in-person interview, and the waiting for the callback. This creates a vibrational frequency that repels what we want. Sorry. You hear it. I know you do. Ah, gotta love Chicago. This creates a vibrational frequency that repels what we want. Our brain is so busy worrying about the potential future outcome that we aren't even able to know what job would be in our highest good. When we are in fear, our possibilities are limited. We don't remember that we are magnificent, limitless beings who are here to follow our joy and truth, not necessarily putting pay or benefits at the top of our job search list. We aren't able to be present within our truth that may be telling us to move into a whole different direction. We are also blocked from remembering all the positive things about ourselves to write in the resume and cover letter to the job that we are not even sure we will like. We bring the energy of the desperation into the phone interview, which the employers will feel and unconsciously be repelled by. We bring it into the in-person interview as well, bringing a frequency of, I have to get this job, doesn't feel good to an employer. It feels like pushiness or anxiety rather than trust in yourself and confidence. There are many other examples of how desperation creates separation as well. In relationships, if you believe you're going to be lost without your partner and you can't live without them, this can create anxiety in your interactions within the relationship. It can make you interpret everything your partner does or doesn't do as indicators of how much they love you, how likely they are to potentially leave, and then how you might die because of it. It can look like asking them too much how they feel about you or what they are doing or where they are going. It can feel like extreme anxiety and fear of not being okay without them or fear of being alone. This is way too much pressure for any partnership. This can feel like tension or suffocation or control to your partner, even if it's under the surface and unspoken. We feel each other. Your vibe speaks louder than your words. It's the same with money. If you are desperate for money, you are creating a vibration of lack and wanting more. The fear is going to attract more fear. The feeling of lack attracts more lack. It's understandable to feel this way, but it just doesn't work to get what you want. In order to get out of this mindset of fear and lack and desperation, it's important to remember that you already have and are enough. You are already abundant. You are a full vessel of light and love and energy. There's enough for everyone. Coming from this perspective releases desperation. There's nothing to fear when you know you are enough. You don't need the job or the partnership or the money to make you whole. You are already complete and abundant. In order to remember this feeling more of the time, it's important to practice. We are all a piece of the divine. We come from the source of, of energy of love and will return to that when we are no longer in a body. We slowly forget that over time, it's important to do things to help you remember the truth of who you really are and consistently practice them. Practice appreciation for what you already have and who you are. Gratitude decreases fear and allows you to remember that there is nothing to fear. Practice stilling your mind and connecting to your intuition to guide you to a job that will feel good to you, rather than one that checks off the boxes. Practice getting into a high, happy frequency before you do any job-related activity, whether it's searching for a job, writing a resume, or going on an interview. 
Remind yourself that there are plenty of jobs out there waiting just for you. Practice holding the frequency of abundance rather than lack. Appreciate the resources you do have. This creates more abundance. Practice getting into a high frequency anytime you interact with money and picturing and feeling yourself having more money than you actually do. Money is energy, and we are all energetic beings. Practice feeling the feeling of abundance in a general way, rather than fear and lack. All is well. We have a choice between fear and love in every moment, between, tr- between contraction and expansion, between desperation and satisfaction. The really cool part is that we are in charge of our life. We are co-creators of our reality. We have a choice in every moment to release the fear and remember that separation is really an illusion. All is well. There's nothing to fear. There you have it, people. I think that's something that a lot of us need to hear. Um, I know not everyone is a firm believer in manifestation. This all feels very much so manifesty. And personally, I, I'm a big believer in manifestation. I don't think it's going to cure all of your problems, but I think your mindset certainly has a huge impact on maybe not even what's happening, but how you're perceiving it, which is just as powerful as what's actually happening. Um, but really what I think the, the big picture here is that whole concept of fear. And I mean, I, I say it, I told you guys that in this season two and then, you know, what the past couple episodes, I'm not trying to tell you how to fix things because I have too many things myself to fix. So I have no business telling others how to magically make all their problems go away. But I do think that connecting to that anxiety and understanding what you're fearing and kind of breaking that down. I don't know if I talked about this before, but I once read a book. Um, let me see if I can find the title of it. It's called Your Brain is Always Listening. Sorry, that was, I'm like half typing, half speaking. But this book uh, takes you through these things called dragons. And essentially what the author does is he teaches you to recognize your like limiting beliefs and specifically those that are causing anxiety. And he classifies them based on what type of dragon it is. And a lot of the time in his methods for how to overcome it is you have to sit there and reflect and think, okay, where's this stemming from? So which dragon? Um, Like, why is the dragon there? And a big part of the, the why is understanding if it's real or if it's fake. And nine times out of 10, I'd even go as far as saying 99 times out of 100, the dragon is very, very fake. God, if someone walked in on me talking, they'd be like, what is this woman smoking? Um, but nine, 99 out of 100 times, the dragon is not real. Like your, your fears, your concerns are not, they're not valid. And once you realize that the things you're scared about have no real weight and they aren't going to truly impact you in the way you think they are, you start to stop focusing and dwelling on, you know, that's, that piece that's been bogging you down and those anxious thoughts and you start realizing okay that's just my mind overreacting and overworking and stressing about something that doesn't make sense and slowly as you work through those exercises you know it becomes easier to focus on 
what you're doing in the day-to-day and less about how it's not working in the future. And so with this, these practices of identifying what's real and what's fake, you really start to uncover that half the things that you're stressing about have no weight. And, you know, for me personally, if we take this back to like the present and the future, a lot of my fears are like literally FOMO, (laughs) FOMO, like fear of missing out on other opportunities, fear of not having all the answers. Like, what does my life look like? I, I want to know. And that's just not even a, that's like a silly, that's such a silly invalid thought you know because at the end of the day if I'm breathing if I got family and friends around me that love me but that's really all that matters you know and so everything else will kind of work out as long as I'm focused on on the good and what I can do for myself but anyways I went down a rabbit hole going back to the article um I think that that kind of ties into that is is you know, you get these, you have these fearful dragons and if you're focusing on all the fear and, and seeking it, you're almost seeking it out, which is exactly what the article said. So that's not like a novel thought, um, but you are, I mean, if you're sitting there and, and every five out of 10 thoughts that go through your mind are what could go wrong, well, then you're going to only think what could go wrong. Whereas if your nine out of 10 thoughts are, wow, this is great you start seeing everything that's great because that's just that's just at the top of your mind. It's kind of like um have you ever have you ever um well, this might be dis uh this might be counteracting the whole thought on manifestation, but I once read this study of the thought or like the idea of coincidences and um like fate and all of that. And it was talking about how Let's say you're talking about punch bugs. Remember, like, punch bugs, the little itty-bitty cars, and then people would punch you if you saw them? Maybe that was just a Chicago thing. I don't know. But you talk about punch bugs with your friends, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, that's so weird. I've seen, like, five punch bugs in the past three days. Well, that's because you're you're priming your brain, and that's the first, the, the last thing that was on your mind. So your your mind is unconsciously seeking it out. It's kind of like the same thing here. You're priming your brain for, you know, if you wake up in the morning saying, God, this day's going to be awful. Oh, first thought, that's at the top of my head. Okay, let's find every way that, that today could be awful. So, you know, I don't really know where I wanted to go with this, but I hope that maybe, yeah, this made you think, hey, I'm going to think good thoughts today. <laughs> that just dumbed this fantastic article down way too much. I'm sorry. Go back 10 minutes, re-listen to me, botch half the article because I can't speak, and then turn it off because the last five minutes have been absolute gibberish. Just kidding. I hope you guys liked it. All right. Ta-ta. I hope to see you next week. (laughs) God, these just keep getting worse and worse. I'm sorry. Peace out. Oh my gosh. Hi, people. I am editing this episode right now and I'm not even using my speaker or my microphone. Just using my computer speaker because I'm like, I sound depressed. I was not depressed. I I, I think I was recording it and I'm in this new apartment and I was nervous that people were going to hear me. And so I was like trying to talk quietly and not obnoxiously like I am now. And I realized that it's not me. I literally sound so monotone during that whole thing. So I'm not sad. I'm 
a happy gal, kind of, and kidding. Uh, but I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm just like not enthused whatsoever. I think, again, I was just nervous that I'm in this new place and I'm going to get my door beat down by people who are like, shut up. We don't care about just doing life, which you all should because it's the best podcast ever. Here's for a proper outro. I hope you guys enjoyed, even though I sound so sad. Um, as always, like, follow, subscribe. If you haven't rated, go ahead, give it hopefully a five thumbs up. But if not, you can be as honest as you want. I can take it and send this on. As I said at the beginning, please send over any interview people that you think I could speak with because I need it. And yeah, I hope you all have a fantastic day. Grab the bull by its horns and just do life.